Christy, and welcome to the Let's Get Liddy Year End Bash. <laughs> Cheers! <Nice. laughs> well, welcome to uh, the Year End Wrap Up. We are here at the end of 2022, um, and we want to just check in and say how our year in reading has been um, and where we plan to go from here. Yes, it's been quite a year. I mean, 2022 has been a big year for us because it is the founding year of Let's Get Liddy um, with lots of great reads and we're super excited to dive into them. So Indigo, tell me a little bit about your goals for the year. What were your kind of reading goals for 2022? Absolutely. So I set a couple. Um, the first one was I set a number goal um, at 52 books because I was finishing grad school this year and um, I knew that that was like a pretty achievable goal and that it would be a good way to measure my reading without feeling like the stress of like, oh my God, I have to read da 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 da. Um, so let me pull up my Goodreads so I can flex. Um, I have completed that. Uh, as of today, I have read 61 books so far <laughs> this okay. year. Okay. So that was um, my number goal. And then I set two, like bookish goals. Um, one of them was I wanted to read more books that I owned and less from the library because I read almost exclusively library books last year. Um, but, you know, I also have a hobby of buying books. Uh, and so I was continuing to buy books and then not read them. And then, you know, it just kind of added to this feeling of overwhelm. Um, so that was one of my goals. And then the other was I wanted to read more classics. And so I got um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I got the Iliad, the Odyssey, the Aeneid, and the picture of Dorian Gray. Um, and so on those, I am super stoked to say that I have read a ton of books that I own this year. Um, I didn't count the numbers, but I've definitely shifted to primarily reading books that I own as opposed to books from the library, um, which has been really cool because then it's fun to like look at my bookshelves, you know, and look at my books and be like, oh, I love that one. Oh, that one was so fun. Um, and I've got like a running stack of books that I'll pull off my bookshelf of like, I want to read these next, you know, in some order. So that's been really fun. Um, with the classics, I did accrue a couple more this year, actually. <laughs> I also no bought um, Frankenstein and Dracula, and I'm very pleased to say that I did read the picture of Dorian Gray. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I did read at least one classic, um, and my goal is it's all to... About getting at least one. Yes. That I made progress. <laughs> and um, my goal is to start one... Um, before the end of the year. So I have the week between Christmas and New Year's off. Uh, and so I'm hoping to potentially read one in there. So yeah, those were my goals. That's how I'm doing. Christy, what about you? Okay, I kept my goals um, pretty pretty low key. Um, I am not a speed reader and I need, I need to get into audiobooks to like... It, you know, get mm -hmm. through more books because there's so many books I want to read and I yes. just do not have the time. Um, but I set a goal for 35. It was just one more book than I did last year, uh, which turned out to be, I, at first I was kind of like, in, in my brain at the beginning of the year, I was like, I'm going to like soar over this goal. I am going to destroy, I'm just putting this as like a, mm -hmm. you know, I really wanted to get to like 40 or 45. Um, but it turns out, you know, beginning of the year, Christy was, was onto something. <laughs> um, this year became much different than I expected, including lots of moves and all these other things that have gone down. So uh, I did not read as much as I thought. So I'm currently at 33 out of 35 books. Okay. So I have two more to read before the end of this year. Um, and so I feel like I can get it done, especially as oh, we yeah. get into like holiday break. Like I'm confident I can finish uh, and achieve 35, but that was my numerical goal. My other goal was to like not be afraid of longer books because I think that's kind of like my struggle with like the Goodreads challenge is like I start to care more about like the number of books and so mm -hmm. I'll like pick shorter ones. So one of my goals for this year was to not shy away from like bigger books for fear of like the long like how much longer it would take me because it's hard sometimes to like read a longer book and just be like wow this is like three books in one so I mm -hmm. really could have gotten like three books out of this um 
I feel like I did a good job. I went to, onto my story graph, which shows like the amount of like the page numbers and stuff. Yeah. So uh, a whopping like eighty five percent of my books were three hundred pages and up. Um, oh hell yeah! Being five hundred plus, so definitely, definitely felt like I met that goal and like didn't shy away from the challenge. And I think that kind of shows like in the fact that I've only read like only read thirty three. That's still a huge achievement. Yes. Um, but that was kind of my my goal, and I feel like I met that of like not being afraid to tackle some bigger books for being like that fear of like, well, but what about my Goodreads goal? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's so interesting because like I literally saw on TikTok, I think today or yesterday, um, someone made a compilation of their like books that are less than 200 pages that you can read to meet your Goodreads goal. And I feel like like I like the Goodreads goal for setting the number, but I do feel like it is restrictive because people get to the end of the year and like they don't want to read big books because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to sink to three weeks in this one book when I need to read five more before the end of the year, you know? Right. And I think the Goodreads goal, this is like a really tough time on like book talk right now or even a like book Instagram because everybody, like I literally saw a girl, she was like, I've read 300 books this year. Here's my top 20 reads. And I will say she was, the creator was so honest and open about like the way she utilizes audiobooks and the, mm-hmm. like the, how, you know, it worked out for her to read that much. But I was just like, that has got to be so intimidating for anybody that's like, I want to pick up books again. So, dear, dear listeners, that. if you are, you know, looking for mere mortals for book creators, we have got you. Yes. Okay? We, well, we know a good reading slump. We know what it's mm-hmm. like to have to pick it back up. So know that if you read any books this year, A+. plus. Yes, we a are so plus. proud of you. If you are just getting back into reading, if you weren't into reading before and you're getting into it now, if you read one book this year, we're proud of you because, like, that's one book more than you could have read. You know, like any reading is good reading. Um, and I'm so glad that you brought up audiobooks because I actually got into audiobooks this year. I like was not an audiobook user um, before this year. I'd use them for like road trips, but not in like my day to day life. Um, and I had a big like data collection project that I had to do at work over the summer and I was like I'm gonna lose my mind <laughs> and so I texted my friend Letha who listens to a lot of audiobooks to get recommendations and ever hi, since Letha. hi Letha we love you <laughs> and ever since then I've been like on an audiobook kick and I love it and I will very freely say that like I don't think like I would probably would not have passed 60 books I probably would not have honestly hit my goal this year if if I didn't have audiobooks, um, because I read a lot of fan fiction. <laughs> I read a lot, and I do not count no. it in my good reads. <laughs> have you had any of the fan fiction that you've read that has been, like, on Goodreads that you can add as, like, a book that you've read? Yes, um, and fun story. <laughs> so one of the first fan fictions that I read um, was... You know, it's it's a big deal in the fan fiction community. It's called All the Young Dudes um, by Miss King Bean 89. And it's uh, Harry (laughs) Taylor Swift. (laughs) There's a whole conspiracy. conspiracy We'll get into that on a minisode, I think. (laughs) Um, I have listen, I have a lot of thoughts that like Cardigan. Cardigan was written for Remus Lupin and Sirius Black. And don't even get me started on my TED talk. Okay, what a teaser for our 2023 content. (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) Um, So All the Young Dudes is like huge. It's one of the biggest fanfics, I would say. Um, And people treat it like source material. Like it is the source material for um, the Marauders fandom. Um, And I read that uh, and I put it on my Goodreads um, because it's like if it was a book it's over a thousand pages and so I put it on my Goodreads and in my Goodreads year in review for 2021 it was actually my longest book at like 1600 pages oh my God. <laughs> see and that's why like fan fiction that, at that point like I mean it is I mean it's always like lit- it's all books right it's just in yes. a different format so I think it's like fan fiction audiobooks like 
however you are reading is good reading. Mm-hmm. Like, it all counts. Yes. Regardless of what Goodreads tries to say or anybody else tries to say. It's all mm-hmm. reading and it all counts. Yes. We stan any reading. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I read a lot of fan fiction and it does take up, like, a lot of my reading time. So, like, for example, last month there was a week where the only thing I read was fan fiction because I was reading um, a fan fiction that I found out about on TikTok uh, that, let me actually look it up. I want to tell you how many words it is. It is, uh, it's 109 chapters, um, 746,386 words. I read that in a week. No, I wish you could see it. My jaw is like, on the floor. Oh my I, like, gosh. I couldn't function. Like, any time that I... Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like only read that. And so like that happens... I don't want to put myself on blast here too much. Um, but I have probably about one week out of every month where I read exclusively fan fiction and like I don't touch books. So audiobooks have been huge for me because like I can listen to them when I'm at work. I can listen to them when I'm driving. I can listen to them while I'm doing chores. Um, so it's really helped me stay up with my reading. Absolutely. Well, I'm just excited now for like a little transition into next year's goals because I have finally, I, I have a commute now. So I have like about a 30 minute commute. And so I've been like a podcast girly. So, uh, but I think there's such a natural, like, I'm just like, that would be so perfect for some audiobook time. I yes. travel a lot for work too. So I'm like, I really feel like I could do it. And now that I've learned about Libby. Oh my God. I love Libby. Libby. I am such a stan for Libby. Like, oh my God. (laughs) There's so many ways to make like, um, like audiobooks accessible. Cause for me, I was pictured it had to be like an audible subscription. And I was and like, I, I always hesitated. Yeah. Well, and I always hesitated with audible because like, I know owning the, like I would own the audiobook, but I'm like, yeah. it's, oh, it's, it's not the same as owning a physical book. And so I always hesitated about audible. Yeah. But Libby, you hook up your library card and you get like digital audiobooks straight to your phone. Um, totally free. So, yeah, I think that one's going to be a huge resource for me in 2023 Mm -hmm. uh, because I didn't really figure it out. Like, I'd heard people reference it, but I didn't fully understand what it was. And I always figured I couldn't get into audiobooks because I felt like I'd barely gotten into podcasts. But now that I've become such, like, an avid podcast listener, then I'm like, okay, okay, I could handle, like, a book. Like, I could do this. Also, um, I've gotten into... Fan fiction is your thing. My thing is... (laughs) Doctor Who, Big Finish audio dramas. That they <laughs> it's a full production. Okay, it's a full production. So what I was like, things I can do. They have like sound effects. It's like they're so good. They're so great. Um, I love them. I have like three that I've just been talking because they're. They, but the thing with those is, is they they are expensive. So like it's like I only give them if they're like on sale. Mm-hmm. And I don't have many of them because it's expensive, um, but they're so they're so funny and they're so fun because it's I like love actual this. episode. You're just listening to it, and so I was like, if I can do these, I can do audiobooks. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so that was my advice. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Um, so keep an eye out uh, for audiobook Christie coming next year. I love it. I, I feel like when I review audiobooks, though, I'm always like, well, I need to shout out that this was an audiobook. And like, <laughs> I almost know that I didn't, like, well, one, it's hard for your book Instagram. It's a difficult process. Oh my God. It's very hard. Trying to, like, the first time that I was like, I need to post a review of an audiobook, I was like, how in the hell am I going to take a picture for this? How do I do this and showcase the cool thing that I just listened to? Yeah. And true to form for me, for those of you that have seen my bookstagram, for those of you that have heard us talk about my bookstagram, I figured a I figured out a formula for that first one, and I have not deviated. Every single audiobook review that I post on my bookstagram is the same exact setup. Hey, it, there's something about the on-brand, though. The algorithm likes that, so it all works out in the end. I'm nothing if not consistent. 
love a consistent on-brand queen. Okay, we love it. So, should we should we dive in to our favorite reads of the year? I think that we should. <laughs> I collected a list. Beautiful. Okay, so are we okay? Are we ranking them with like in no particular order, or like working our way up to our favorite one? That is a big question. I was thinking no particular order um, because we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but I'm pretty positive. Granted, we've still got 20 more days till the end of the year. Um, And I count all the way up until the end. Uh, But I'm pretty positive that my top two books are ones that I have talked about pretty exhaustively on the podcast. (laughs) Um, And so I compiled some others that I haven't talked about as much that um, I want to mention, but I don't think they're going to be in any particular order for me. Beautiful. Okay, then I won't have to. I'll just go in order of like when I read them. So starting okay. in like maybe January, I'll scroll, let me just scroll down my Goodreads real quick. That was so, me this morning. I was like, <laughs> feel like which one? Um, as we all know, I never remember anything that I've read. So you know, it is what it is. So Indigo, what is? The first book you're going to shout out. What was okay. one of your favorite reads? So um, a little caveat about this one. When I read this one, it's like really big in one of the bookish communities that I'm in. And so I thought that this was like a buzzy book. It has like 10,000 ratings on Goodreads. Like it is not, it is not huge. <laughs> Um, and I'm like obsessed with it. Head over heels, totally in love with it. And that book is Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell. <laughs> it is a sci-fi romance book. Um, and <laughs> true to true to form, um, it started as a fanfic. No. <laughs> and it was a Star Wars fanfic <laughs> of um from the new trilogy of Finn and Poe Dameron. Yes. <laughs> so I, keep... there's a theme in the books that we seem to love on this podcast being yes. Star Wars <laughs> as their origin point. Yes. So Winter's Orbit um, is an arranged marriage sci-fi romance where one of our main characters, it's got alternating POVs, which you know I am a sucker for, um, where one of the characters is... Uh, he's like a socialite. He likes to have a good time and like nobody really takes him seriously and he's like a lower level member of the royal family for this planet. And his cousin died in an accident um, and left behind his husband, uh, who is from like a more rural area. Uh, And the planet is getting ready to go through like an audit with like an intergalactic entity um that kind of operates like the mob i guess like if you're not in it you're susceptible to attacks um but if you are in it then you're like protected so so they're getting ready to go through this audit and like it will be a negative mark if um there's not this marriage solidifying the royal family with this rural area so the like as soon as the cousin is dead they're like okay well kim you're gonna marry uh oh fuck i can't remember his name hold on sorry i never remember never remember anything um plots are hard character names even even worse worse. so kim is the member of the royal family and they're like hey you're gonna marry Janan. Uh, and so they get arranged married, and <laughs> they both think that the other one is attractive, but Kim is very, like, boisterous and outgoing, and Janan is very reserved. And so, like, it's miscommunication at its best because they're both, like, assuming, like, oh, well, he's not holding my hand, so he must not be interested in me. While the other one is like, well, he's grieving, so I don't wanna, like, impose myself on him. <laughs> Um, And it's so great because there's, like, a mystery. There's, like, treason. Um, All set to this, to to basically idiots in love. Um, It's a delight. I love it. There's only one bed. (laughs) It's so good. That's one of my favorites. I'm a sucker for it. I am. (laughs) 
it's so good. I absolutely adored this book. Um, it was one one of those that when I read it, I was like, I cannot believe that I waited this long to read it. So yeah, <laughs> Poe fanfic book. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. I am mm-hmm. obsessed. It was oh, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Delicious, delicious. <laughs> so that's my first one, Christy. What's yours? Um. Okay. So if I'm going down with like books that I read throughout the year that I gave five stars, the first five star read, I'm gonna put my myself on blast. Oh, and my first wait. five star read was A Court of Wings and Ruin. <laughs> that I read (laughs) this year. Um, I think there are so many completely valid criticisms of Sarah J. Mass's uh, writing. It is not perfect by any means. There are plenty of critiques that I agree with 100%. However, (laughs) I did rate this book five. (laughs) That That being said. Literary masterpiece, okay? (laughs) This is that. Um, because listen, a quarter of the, a Kotar series as a whole is there are so many moments that are cringy, but I, for me, it was just, it's, it's been the first like true adult fantasy series that I've read and I like needed it. Like I, it just played so much to like kind of like the inner child in a sense of like getting to read it now um and this one was like a lot of people like a court of mist and fury because that's when pharah and uh reese get together but i liked this one (laughs) because part of it is like they're already together there's something about that i'm a big fan of um but the other thing like established relationship right and there's some there's some fun moments in there it's still like it's an interesting like start to it because Feyre had to leave and she's kind of being like undercover and it's a whole thing um but there's like a whole fantasy battle scene and for me I just I ate that up I I do love a battle I was such a sucker for it and so while it is no literary masterpiece for sheer enjoyment factor I gave it five stars I loved the fantasy battle scene I was really here for it um that was easily my favorite of all of the Kotar books that I've read and I still haven't read the most recent one um but I I gave that sucker five stars I ate it up I destroyed it that book is like decently long it's like how many pages is this one I want to see if it shows me goodreads tell me this one Tell is 705 pages. 705? I, I destroyed this book. I really did. Um, I finished this book in... That's not helpful. Tell me when. Tell me when I started it. It literally within like a week. I don't know. But I demolished this book um, because I just... It was so easy to read. I loved it. It's like a great culmination of what the last two books had had set up. So that is my me putting myself on blast... Court of Wings of Ruin. It has some cringy moments, but I was a sucker for it. I love that. <laughs> um, okay, so the next book that I want to shout out is The Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. I knew that one was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> This one, it was so funny because when I read it, I was, like, trying to figure out what to rate it afterwards, right? Um, Because it's kind of a weird one, and I do love a weird book. Um, But I was trying to figure out what to rate it afterwards, and I remember telling Jordan, like... I'm gonna, like, I think I have to give it five stars because I think if I don't, like, two months from now, I'm gonna be looking back and I'm gonna be like, God, why the fuck didn't I give it five stars? (laughs) And so I did, and I don't regret it. I'm very glad that I gave it five stars. Um, I feel like that's the biggest struggle is, like, when you give a book five stars, is does it keep its five stars? Because that's the question. Mm-hmm. And I, so I love this one. I do love Emily St. John Mandel. Dell's books. Um, the first one I read of hers was Station Eleven, and then I read The Glass Hotel when it came out, and then Sea of Tranquility. And I feel like Sea of Tranquility is my favorite of hers that I've read. Um, it's sci-fi, but it's not. And it's about time travel, but it's not. It's about pandemics, but it's not. Um, it's 
really unique. Uh, so the the main storyline is there is an anomaly um, that keeps appearing throughout time in this specific space. And in the future, there's an organization um, that has perfected time travel and they want to investigate that anomaly. And so they send someone back to ev- to every point in time that someone has experienced it to investigate it. Um, and because the agent that they send back is human and fallible, things kind of unravel. Um, I don't really think that I can explain a lot about this book without spoiling it. Um, but it's very weird, very poignant, very unique. Um, I re- I really did love it. It was it was so good. I definitely if you like that kind of like rumination about humans and how they would perform in the future um, and kind of like that reflection, I definitely recommend it. And also, I'm a sucker for a tie-in and there is a tie-in to The Glass Hotel. You don't have to read The Glass Hotel to understand um, The Sea of Tranquility, but it's like one of those like, ooh, ooh if you do. Nice. I love that so many authors are doing their own, like, multiverse, if you will. Like, <laughs> yes. The way that they all intertwine. Like, whether it's um, with Taylor uh, Jenkins Reid, mm-hmm. or like, she has it, um, or, like, all these others. Like, Emily Henry, yes. she did it in Book Lovers. She referenced characters from Beach Read. <laughs> Yep, they all kind of intertwine. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of authors doing that because it's like yes. a wonderful little Easter egg. I love a good Easter egg. Yes, exactly. That's, yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my second one. Christy, what was your next one? Okay, so the next one that is less putting myself on blast um, is uh, Kaiki. I may be biffing that, like, absolutely biffing it. K-A-I-K-E-Y-I um, by uh, Vaishnav. Navi Patel, it, I, the moment I knew it was coming out, I wanted it. I wanted it. I'd seen like two sentences about it and I wanted it. And then I saw it was going to be on book of month and I said, sold. I'm sold. I didn't like, I, I snagged. didn't even look at the rest of the books for that month. Just didn't hit care. make I my book it, of the month. I was like amazing because it had been like, as soon as I saw, like had vaguely heard about it, I was like, it was already on my TBR and I was like, give it to me. So this one, it tells the story of Kaiki, um, who is uh, essentially a figurehead in Indian myth. Um, And so she has kind of a very negative story, though, and kind of connotation um, as kind of being, for lack of a better analogy, like an evil stepmother or like that type of energy. Um, But the whole purpose of this book is to like tell her side of the story. Um, And it's it's truly an epic is, I think, the best way that I would describe it. You get to know her as a child. And you see you're with her through her whole life. And um, she has some really cool abilities with the gods. So she is able to actually like she basically finds a scroll as a kid that allows her to see the different um, like almost like strings that is tied to everybody. So she can see how strong her relationship is with somebody. Oh, that's cool. Right. And so that means, though, that as they start to fracture for a variety of reasons, like she can physically see like she can see that happening. Um, But also at the same time, it means that sometimes she can use it to her favor of like, if she wants something from someone, if like she can kind of figure out what the right thing is to say, because she can see along their bond, like what's going to happen. But her main thing is she challenges a lot of the gender norms that were built into the ancient um, Indian society and really challenged the expectations upon women. Um, And because of that, she is able to rise to a lot of power. But at the same time, she also faces so much scrutiny. Um, So it is it is truly an epic. It's a decently long book, but because it goes through her whole life. It's a chunk. It is. um, But it's so fascinating. You see moments um, of her growing up and having a coming of age but also battle and in fighting scenes and her you know going to war but also at the same time like then getting married and like serving in the palace but then also the kind of like political mind games that are the palace like is her time in the palace and then also fighting up against the gods and different creatures and all of these different things you get a ton 
in this book. So kind of no matter what element you're interested in, there's really something for, for everyone kind of along the way. So that one for me, easy five stars. It just felt like an epic. It was fun to get to grow with the character and really be with her and at all the moments, especially the moments where things start falling apart because you as the, the reader know the full story. And so you're like, you feel just as wrong as she does at times. Um, so it's so well done. It's so fascinating. And it's a whole, you know, society and history that I didn't know a ton about. So I loved the insight into that um, historical time period that the author gives. So that for me, five stars stars, baby. Awesome. I have that on my shelf. I also got it from Book of the Month, and I am super excited to read it, especially hearing, like, Christy gave it five stars. It's not an embarrassing read. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm super excited to read that one. Okay, What's your next one? Um, so my next one, I'm actually going to deviate from my list uh, oh. a little bit. I know. She's wow. Rogue, She's going rogue. <laughs> so my next one that I want to shout out is The Kingdom of Copper by S.A. Chakraborty. I was originally going to talk about The City of Brass, but... Um, because that's the first one. So these are both in the Devabad trilogy, right? Um, and I think I did mention The City of Brass when I originally read it. But this is a case where I truly think like the second book in the trilogy stands alone. And granted, I haven't finished it yet. But a lot of times in a trilogy, you know, you read the second book and it's like, Meh, not so good. That is not the case with this one. Um So in the city of Brass, we meet our main character, Nari, who finds out that she's part djinn. uh, And she accidentally summons um, a warrior djinn and accidentally, like, binds him to her. uh, And he's like, well, I have to take you back to the city because, like, you are the last of the bloodline of the ruling, um, of the ruling, like... Family, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, the ruling family um, that was destroyed in a coup. And she, like, nobody thought that anyone in the family existed anymore. And then she accidentally summons this this guard. And he's like, oh, say goodbye to your life. We got to go. <laughs> and so the first book is them getting to the city and, like, her trying to integrate. Um And I feel like the second book is so, so dynamic because uh, there's so much political unrest in this city because there's uh, discrimination between um, the full-fledged djinn and the half-human, half-djinn that live in the city because the rule is when they find someone who's got djinn blood in them, they have to live in the city. They can't be out in mortal life. And so they don't have a choice. These citizens don't have a choice on coming into the city and then they're treated as second class. Um, And so when Nari comes in, she is half human and half gin. And so it just like spark in a powder keg, like things explode. We also have the the king is... um, I want to say, I think he's, like, the son of the man who, like, orchestrated the coup, right, and executed the previous ruling family, Um, and his two sons, one of them is lined up to be the next king, like, he's the crown prince, and the second is, basically, he's been trained to be a warrior his entire life um, to serve as his brother's war chief, Uh, but... When Nari comes into Devabad, she and Ali uh, form this friendship where she, like, teaches him about the human world and he, like, teaches her about what it's like to be in Devabad. And at the end of the first one, minor spoilers, he gets exiled. Um, and so the second book starts with him being exiled. And basically, that's his father saying, like... <sighs> do what you want. Like he's not under my protection. Um, and he has to come back to the city. Uh, and so there's all this unrest with like, he's coming back to the city. So then the crown prince is like seeing it as a threat to his rule. And so I just love political unrest, like in a book. And there's so much complex world building in this book. And I feel like in the series and seeing 
what S.A. Trockerbordy does with it and how she develops it was just like, mwah, mwah, mwah. I'm very excited to read the third one, but I'm also holding off because I kind of don't want the series to end. <laughs> the real struggle when you love something so much and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want this to end. I don't want to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's my next book. <laughs> also, if you were not sold by Indigo's review, um, these are also some of the most stunning covers on books I've ever seen. Oh my god, they're so, gorgeous. If you needed an extra push, if that review was not enough, the covers are so stunning. Yes. Oh, so good. Um, yeah, and they're just so dynamic. Mm. Mm, I love them so much. <laughs> I feel like I love that you're like the world building is something you hype up because that is, I think, the biggest struggle with any sort of science fiction or yes. fantasy, like to make a world building that feels accessible, understandable, and like captivating. And mm-hmm. so I am super excited. That one is absolutely on my TBR. Yes. Um, has oh. been the moment you talked about it. Really the moment you showed me the cover because I do judge a book by its cover. That is a Same. true fact about me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like world building can really make or break a book. Um, and the approach that uh, this author took with the main character being an outsider that's thrust into this world, like we get to learn it through her eyes. And then she introduces um, the POV of Ali, who grew up in the world. And so you get these juxtaposed POVs of like someone who is new and doesn't understand and someone who's like, well, this is the way that things are. And you get to see kind of the sparks that fly when those views come head to head. Oh, I love that. And I also love a good, like, political mystery. Like, I think there's something so interesting when a book can capture, like, political nonsense. Like, the And make it interesting. Yeah, I'm such a fan. I'm such a fan. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um, Well, this whole podcast, Indigo, has actually been a ruse for me to have a platform to talk about the book I most recently read, The Measure. Could not shut up about this book. Let me, I want to set the scene for you. So and I'll, I'll explain what this book is about, but I want to set the do. scene. I am knee deep in reading this book. I'm probably about halfway through. This is, we are literally, so my grandma passed away this week. We are literally in like the hospital with her. And I am like, y'all want to hear about this book that I'm reading? <laughs> y'all want to hear it i'm just curious like asking um so asking for a friend who is actually me (laughs) who is actually just me i want to talk about it um which is a little bit morbid but it was kind of a perfect time to read it so the premise of the book uh this is the measure by nikki ehrlich um it was from my book club um it was of course recommended by our wonderful Brittany in our group she could tell me to read any book and i'd probably just buy it on the spot because i i trust her with my book life she's so good um at picking books she's also the one that picked out the uh our magnificent light for me our marvelous oh okay um so anyway this is for a book club so i didn't i didn't know anything about it i just snagged it because i knew i had to read it for book club i love it okay so (laughs) one day everybody wakes up and a box has been delivered to their door with an inscri- it's a wooden box with an inscription, uh, the measure of your life lies within and inside is a string. And at first, nobody really knows what anything means. Then they're able to figure out that the length of your string correlates with the length of your life. Okay. And so the government basically is able to make a calculator. And so you could literally know the exact moment like down to like first it's the the vague like kind of year that she'll die and then they're able to calculate it even further down to like the month and day oh Um, shit so it creates these two different camps of long strings and short strings and it's such an interesting book i it drove like it's so fascinating because there's this idea of like fate that's interwoven Mm -hmm. within there so very very early on so i promise i'm not spoiling um anything for anyone there's like this moment that's like a new story where there is a bride and a groom they've both looked at their strings the groom has a long string and the bride has a short string (gasps) so they decide they're in verona of all places they decide they are going to go off together so they jump off a bridge together but the husband survives 
she had the short string, he had the long string. And because, like, it's this self-fulfilling fate. It drove me crazy. It's like... Oh, my God. Such an interesting concept. So there's another moment where they're... One of, like, it shows... You meet multiple characters, and they're all interwoven, which I love. I love multiple viewpoints. I love, I love the fact that they all intertwine throughout the book. Um, sometimes they know each other very, very well. Sometimes they're kind of just in passing. Um, but one of the characters is a doctor, Hank. He's working in an ER. And this man comes in because he's got a short string. And he's like, you have to help me. And they're like, are you having symptoms of anything? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, but I have a short string. You have to help me. And they're like, we can't, we can't, we can't treat do anything. you without anything. Um, we are, you know, at capacity. We can't do that. So they send him away. So he comes back. And this is like a trigger warning for violence if you are not in for that. Um, but he comes back with a gun and attacks the hospital. And he ends up dying in that outburst so because like it's this thing it's another self about the short string but then he like it's so interesting it's this idea of like it knew like the strings knew every decision that you were gonna make wow Um, and so it's so so fascinating it's such an interesting concept and it shows how the world reacts because when there were people that like that hospital shooter then people start putting them into like short stringers are crazy and like that they're volatile and that they could attack people and all of these different things. Oh and so there's God. like politicians that run on the platform of like trying to make sure that like short stringers like don't have access to guns and can't have access to like public office or like certain oh my jobs. God. Like, there's so many pieces to it. But then you kind of have these bigger concepts at play, but then you get all of these different perspectives with individuals, some with long strings, some with short strings, and you get to see the way that they're like like life changes with that knowledge. Some people never open their box. Some of the characters you meet don't even look at it. They don't want to know. Others have looked. And so it's just such an interesting book. I just loved it so much because it's such an interesting concept of like fate and decisions. Yeah. all of these things. Um, but then, yeah, you get to, at the heart of it, it's a story of friendship and love and and grief and, like, having hard conversations around what is typically the taboo cop- topic of death. Because mm-hmm. um, so many people knew, like, the you know, the age-old question that we never get to know. So I gave that book five stars. I destroyed the book. I loved it so much. I, again, could not shut up about it. I remember um, you literally messaged me the day you got it you were like book mail because we'd been talking about how you were kind of in a book slump because you had finished your last book and you didn't have like any at home that had grabbed your attention all the ones at the library like they were on they were on wait lists um and so you got this book mail and you were like oh I gotta read this by Wednesday I think it was like Sunday or something yeah, I, was, I was like I literally had like four days and then I was in Target like you sent me <laughs> you told me that you had got it and then I was in Target and like 15 minutes later you were like oh my god dude I'm like 20 pages in and I'm obsessed with this book it's so good <laughs> I literally like the moment the concept hit I was like I'm sold I'm sold so interesting and then it just like left me with a question of like would I like if I got a box like would I open it and I don't know I think I would I think that, that like speculation would like kill me and then I'd have a short string so <laughs> I would, I would open it uh, 100%. Well, I'm super excited to read that one. I'm on the, the wait list for it at my library, so. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, Indigo, tell me about your goals for next year. You crushed your goals this year, so what what is the, the move for next year in 2023? Yeah, the move for 2023. Um, So I haven't decided on a number yet um, because... I just, I don't know. You know, this year I set a comfortable goal that didn't really push myself because I had goals outside of just the numeric value that I wanted to achieve. And I feel like I was satisfied with that. Um, And so I think I'll end up setting a number goal because I do like to kind of track my progress. Um, But I think it'll probably be either 52 again, because I really like the idea of like one book for each week of the year. So maybe 52, maybe 60 if I'm feeling spicy. Um, (laughs) So... That's what I'm thinking for the number goal, but I do have two um, 
well, two and a half. Uh, big like goals. Do we want to like go back and forth on goals, or do? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I, I sure. I don't care. Okay. Okay. I'm just so curious. What are these other goals? So, so I'll start with my like half goal. I guess um, I want to continue what I started with the classics. I feel like um, while I started that and I like got excited about the classics and I got more of them. I only read one this year, um, and I like I want to read them. You know, I. <sighs> I am an Achilles Patroclus girly. I did watch Troy recently. Again, it's one of my comfort movies. <laughs> and so every time I watch Troy, I'm like, ah, oh, I should read the Iliad. So <laughs> casual, casual, right? As you do. <laughs> so that's like my little, my little half goal. I want to continue the work that I started on my classics. <laughs> All right. That's a good goal, though. I love that. Um, especially because, like, yeah, you've gotten some good ones. And I feel like you got to, like, kind of dip your toe in this year. And I'm mm-hmm. super excited to see as you go forward. I'm I'm, I'm actually really excited to read Dracula uh, because one I saw, like, a Tumblr post. And I can't remember it word for word verbatim. But they described one of the characters as a himbo. <laughs> I think they even said something like it's like it's a goth king and his retinue which includes a himbo and I was like I'm sold and be like you tell me and say no more <laughs> say, say no, no more. more say no That's more fam I'm there so I'm really excited to like continue reading the classics um yeah Christy. Okay. Numerical goal, because I too thrive under the numeric satisfaction of both Storygraph. Oh, getting to like check it out. Maybe I'll start Storygraph next year. I do like Storygraph. Storygraph gives you some fun insights Mm -hmm. that I appreciate. And for some reason, I can't just have one, I have to have both. I don't know. Very on brand. I I have to track things. I'm such a tracker, which is really annoying. (laughs) Um, So I will set a numerical goal because I thrive under that achievement. Um, I'm feeling more confident for this next year because I'm hoping, dear Lord, this next year best be a little bit more chill. Um, (laughs) You have had a pretty wild year this past year. Um, The dream is that it's a little more relaxed. So I I think I'm optimistically going to put 40 Ooh, I like it. So go from 35 to 40. So it's not a huge jump by any means. But it's a noticeable one. But it's something that it's like some extra intentionality there. So I think that's my numerical goal. Um, That was kind of the unofficial goal I set for myself this year that I'm not going to meet, but it's okay because then it wasn't my published goal, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, But now I'm going to think I'm going to make it my official goal. I like it. I think my like kind of half goal uh, is like a, you know, kind of an added fun piece of it is um, I obviously want to continue to increase the diversity of the books that I've read, um, but not so much like just in authors. Like I feel like this mm-hmm. year I did an okay job on a diverse uh, range of authors, mm-hmm. but I really want to be more intentional about that as well next year, but also not just within like a diversity of authors, but also on top of that, a diversity in like countries where the books are from. Yes. Um, I was very inspired by our um, little, you know, around the world uh, episode of realizing that there are so many more out there um, that I really want to, to tap into. So I want to continue building off of um, an increased diversity of authors, but also the stories on top of that as well um, from different places uh, around the world. That's kind of my little travel too, and to get to know those better. Nice. I love that. Especially like, I feel like books are such a cool way to experience other cultures because like you do get that um, insider perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's like, it's so much, it's like such a cool way to do it too you get to dive into so much um so that is definitely a a continued goal of mine um that i'm excited to to build off of for next year nice very nice um my next goal Uh, So we've been kind of like joking throughout the year about my book of the month progress. Um, And I am actually super stoked to tell you that I am breaking even right now on book of the month. I have read and rated 38 books with book of the month. 
and I have 38 books on my unread shelf to read and rate. Um, so I am like perfectly even right now, <laughs> which is kind of wonderful. Uh, and my one of my goals for next year is I really want to tackle my book of the month backlog. And I want to work back through those because um, I feel like book of the month is such a cool way to find new books. Uh, and I always get so excited every month, like seeing what's coming out and what's new and picking my book. But then like when they get here, they just kind of fall by the wayside. Um, and like, I want to get back into that excitement that I had, like when I was picking them um, and get back into reading them. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like I have like the opposite goal. I want to utilize my library more. <laughs> Um, now that I have such a beautiful library where I live, I'm like, I want to take advantage of you. I yes. want to be able to do that. And I definitely want to like cut back on like buying books just to buy books. I'm mm. sure I still will. Let's be real. That's a hobby in itself. Buying books and reading books are two very two different, different hobbies. And, and unfortunately for us, unfortunately for us, we have both. <laughs> we are so bad at both of them. Um, we love both of those parts of being uh, book readers. So that is a kind of a goal of mine. Uh, we, I, I just did my first ever hold at the library. <laughs> So we are we are moving up in the world. And, and can I pro, say pro library user? And can I say with insider behind the scenes info, what an excellent choice for your first hold from the library. What an excellent choice. The pages are like sprayed. Oh my like god, their copy is It's so cool. I literally grabbed it and I was like Oh my gosh. When they handed it to me, I was so excited. Um, for a slight spoiler, but also deep interesting, I have I have just started reading Gideon the Ninth. Highly recommended by uh, Indigo over there. Fucking she love is obsessed it. with this book, and I literally, it took forever to get a hold of a copy because it's always, always a long freaking hold, but I finally put myself on the queue, and we got there. So two fun bits of uh, Gideon the Ninth trivia to, t to tell you guys at home about how much I fucking love Gideon the Ninth. <laughs> One, um, I'm not really a cosplayer, right? But I actively consider once a month, like, oh, well, if I go get some, like, leather pants and, like, I could probably make, like, I could probably make the weapons that she used. Like, I actively consider cosplaying Gideon the Ninth. Do I have any knowledge on how to make costumes? No. Do I even know, like, the cosplay circuits where I would even wear it? No. Do I have a good camera to take pictures of me in the costume? Again, no. <laughs> but <laughs> Comic-Con in 2023. <laughs> but I actively, like, consider it. So that's the first piece. The second piece is... Um, the first editions of Gideon the Ninth came with sprayed black pages. And we have talked extensively about how much we love cool books. And my library, because I checked Gideon the Ninth out from the library, my library, like yours, Christy, had a first edition. And I was obsessed. I was like hounding eBay. I was like trying to find a first edition. Um, and our local bookstore, I had like told them that I was on the lookout for it. Uh, and I had kind of given up hope. Honestly, it had been a couple months. Um, I think it had actually been six because like I think I read Gideon in like February yeah and then in August they messaged me on Instagram they were like hey did you ever get a hold of a first edition of Gideon the Ninth and I was like no and they were like we just had a girl bring in like a whole box of books to sell and she has a first edition that she sold to us um, and we've got it saved for you <laughs> support your local yes. bookstores y'all because that's freaking amazing shout out to Roundtable Books um, I love them so much. And so they held it for me. And literally that day, like I finished messaging them back. Yes, please hold it for me. Please, please. Thank you, please. Um, and I drew, I put on, I, I went on Spotify. I put on a, a Gideon the Ninth playlist yes. to drive to go get this copy. <laughs> yeah. So um, I am very, 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 very excited that you are reading this book. <laughs> I absolutely can't wait. I'm so, so excited. I'm not very far into it yet because I haven't dove, dove too far into it yet. But so far, I'm super intrigued. I'm very excited. So good. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, also, speaking of our like book goals and various mm -hmm. things, I'm like a number. Numbers. Again, I like to be tracked. Um, 
wrapped. My Spotify wrapped is my highlight of the year. <laughs> yes. But I just same. did a quick little math and 70% of the authors that I read this year were women. That's awesome. And I was like, that's what I like to see. Oh, I love Let's that. Go, girls. <laughs> Shania Twain. <laughs> that's awesome perfect well i mean any other super exciting goals for 2023 or are we i've got one more <laughs> i can't wait okay so um my last goal is I want to get back into series. Um, so I've been reading a lot of like one-offs or I'll read the first in a series. Um, but as you guys can probably tell, I'm a little, I can be a little high strung. <laughs> and I, me, never. <laughs> and I, um always have to reread what came before in a series before I read the next one. And so when I'm reading like an active series, that's hard because sometimes it's a year or two years before the next book comes out. And I am not like satisfied with like a Wikipedia plot summary. Like that does not do it for me because like, oh, I'm not going to get every reference and every Easter egg if I don't I remember. Um, and so this year, because I was trying to read so many like books, I didn't reread any. Um, and so there are like three series that have come out with the next installment this year that like I haven't gotten to read yet. So the first one is... Um, Fevered Star came out by by Rebecca Roanhorse, which is the sequel to Black Sun, which I totally loved. Um, So I want to read that. Uh, Nona the Ninth came out, which is the third in the, uh, which is, you know, the third in the Gideon the Ninth series. So I'm going to reread Gideon and Harrow. Um, And then The World We Make came out, which is the sequel to The City We Became by N.K. Jemison, um, which I loved. So I want to get into series so I can read those next installments. Um, but also my dad is a huge reader and he loves big expansive series. Um, and so he has given me, he's given me the wheel of time, which is 14 books long. Yeah. He's given me the expanse, which is nine books long. And he keeps like you know anytime I talk to him about books he's like ah well Indigo you know I can think of a really good series that you should read (laughs) you're like yes yes I know and I'm like yes dad I know um so I want to get into those as well in 2023 that's a beautiful goal I feel like that's like the thing that I meant like I have such affection for in my childhood reading were like those crucial series that like just got you so hyped about reading Percy Jackson, Harry Potter, um, King Chronicles, um, a series of unfortunate events. Like I I was very, every book was a series and I I miss that excitement of like, as the new books come out and I'm excited that so Mm -hmm. many more like adult novels are kind of diving back into that or that like one, there's plenty out there for us to to dive into that have already been completed. So we don't have to wait. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Do you have any other goals? I don't know if I have any other goals. I think those are my main ones. Um, I'm mostly just excited to to read more amazing books in 2023. I know. I'm so excited. I keep looking at my bookshelf and I'm like, "Mm, mm, so excited. Oh, there's so many good ones uh, and there is going to be because there's going to be so many good books there's going to be so much good content for y'all in 2023 so thank you so much for being along for our ride in 2022 we are grateful for each and every one of you listeners um, we hope that you felt inspired you laughed you maybe cringed along with us <laughs> uh, and that you celebrated and cheers um, we're happy to have you along with our ride and we're super excited about what's coming in 2022 23. Yeah. And we'd love to hear, like, what are your goals? How'd you do on your goals for this year? What do you want to do next year? Like, let us know. Yeah, tag us on Instagram. Uh, Indigo, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at read.with.indy, and that's I-N-D-I. Christy, where can they find you? You can find me at christy.reads, that's K-R-I-S-T-Y dot reads. And you can find all things podcast-related um, at 
Pod. Um, so tag us in all of your year-end wrap-ups, anything related to that. And yeah, let us know. What are your goals? What books should we have on our radar for 2023? Yes. What do you want to see from us in 2023? Um, we're just really excited for more content. So thanks so much for coming along on this journey with us, team. Should we do one little last cheer? I think we should. Cheers. <laughs>